We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Uh, coming at you at the end of, I don't know if I'd say the most memorable week in recent Knicks history, because there have been some memorable ones, but it's definitely the most positive memorable one that we've had in quite some time here. Um, and to come on here and celebrate uh, and to talk about some of his, his recent stuff and uh, really just the it, here's why I have this person on. Um the sound of his voice makes me feel like I've won the lottery. And I feel like this week I have won the lottery because the Knicks we're going to get into it, you know, maybe aren't terrible. And so I wanted to give myself this treat. Um, and so the treat for me, uh, the, the treat for you, uh, you know him from Twitter, you know him from the Strickland, uh, all the way over from the other side of the pond, uh, Mr. Jack Huntley. Jack, hello, sir. Hello. Lots of pressure on my my voice. Uh, I hope this is okay. I'm just speaking. You just got to talk. It's, it's just talking. It's just talking. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And uh, for once, we might actually be talking about positive positive things, which is well. When remarkable. we 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 talked, it feel. I mean, listen. The I, I jokes aside, the time really is all running together. You you could tell me yeah. that we I last had you on this podcast in May. You could tell me I last had you on this podcast in October, and I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't I know. I it, it, the season was over. I'm, I'm pretty sure the season was over. Yeah, that makes and sense. So it was. It was somewhere the fall, in the maybe murky depths of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's what it was. It was after all of us 
and I think this is actually going to segue nicely into into your piece, which I really can't wait to get into. It was after we had all had way too much time to talk to other people, talk to ourselves yeah. in the mirror or, or, yeah. or just at clouds um, about just all the sorts of things that this team could maybe do. At oh, some the possibilities. point, yeah, all the possibilities, right? But they yeah. all, here's what they all involved. They all involved pretty wholesale changes, right? And yeah. they all they all went on two assumptions. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say I think everybody was on the same page about this. One, some way, shape, or form, Julius Randle needed to be the f out of here. Mm. And number two, the Knicks, as currently constituted, were bad, and they weren't just a little bad. They were like. I think I came on this podcast uh, and I was like, other than maybe Detroit, they have the worst top line talent in the league. Um, I said lots of things, lots of it words. Was, it's very interesting to look back because I remember now the podcast, we, we talked a lot about Chris Paul. We talked about Chris Paul versus Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. We talked about, you know, uh, the most important thing is to get rid of Alfred Payton and Julius Randle and just create some space around RJ, which, you know, I'm still, I'm not off that. that well, you, that you shouldn't be. Yet. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's incredible how much things change and how much attention we give to things that are ultimately meaningless and not the important things, uh, which obviously in a pandemic when the season's cancelled and there's nothing yeah. to talk about, is quite reasonable. We needed to do anything we could to stay sane. Um, but yeah, Julius Randle. He's, uh, <laughs> he's kind I, of- yeah, I laugh when I, well, I laugh when I hear is you know, what's so funny also. So we're recording this on Thursday night. I recorded with um, our mutual colleague, Dallas uh, Amico. Um, what a guy. It's awesome. Um, I think if you, if we matched your voice, with his like basketball brain, which like <laughs> no no offense to you or anybody else I've had on this podcast. No, it's it's just it's no, like the size of this room. Um it's the size of Austin Rivers' balls. Um That's anyway. Substantial. Substantial. It's, it's, yes, it's substantial. <laughs> um I think we would just have like the perfect human. Um in any case, uh so we I recorded with him on Tuesday night, and then starting Wednesday morning, woke up, checked the old Twitter or whatever. All of the Knicks pieces were coming out from all the national media. Like that, that was the day that the bandwagon yeah. opened its its doors a little bit. And all of the articles, of course, were you know were about Randall. And he's he's justified it. He he deserves it. I'm glad that it's happening. It's just from where we were or where we thought we were, it's quite unexpected, you know. Because I think I was. The, the origin of the the piece I did and just my general confusion about Randall is that, you know, we were so sure, or at least I, I was so sure that he didn't fit. And the version of him that we were going to get was, even if it was better, was not going to be, you know, just completely mind-blowingly different. It wasn't going to be this and even well, if he comes back down to have, earth a bit yeah it's it's wild it's it's great but we were very wrong <laughs> well in i i um i was about to say i don't toot my own horn that often i toot my own fucking horn all the time i lift it to my own horn who am i kidding <laughs> um i did i did write um in because i one of my like 
8,000 preseason columns. I think I wrote something along the lines of like, the, here are the things that the Knicks need to do. And one of them was trade Julius Randle. But in, in my defense, I wrote, I don't actually think it's that necessary from a basketball perspective because I looked at the numbers with him and Mitch last year with him and, and RJ last year. And I'm like, there, there is clearly a, a way that this can work. I was just worried about it from a standpoint of rookie comes in playing his same position. Who's yeah. clearly going to get a lot of attention and minutes. We, we thought, cause what the hell do yeah. we know? He's there's no way that that's going to end well for a guy who's the highest played player on the team now like, by far. Mm. Um, and fancied himself last year a star and again my how things have changed i mean this is the the interesting thing is what has changed is it's not like i mean tibbs was talking about this the other day in the press conference and i thought it was interesting the main thing that he said is you know he's coming to camp you know he's in great shape so that's made a massive difference. And by God, he needs to be. I mean, I get tired just watching him at, at the moment. He's oh, my God. Carrying such a load. He's playing so hard. It's ridiculous. I mean, I hope it continues. But, um, you know, it's, it's his decision making. You know, it's all the low hanging fruit. And in, in hindsight, you can see it. Like, you know, maybe don't run into 17 people at once. Uh, that's probably a good idea. You, you know, he, just he could always pass. He could always, he was always an absolute beast like he's a massive human so that helps like it's his decision making and obviously the big difference i think from last year to this year is the offense is completely designed to enable him to make quick decision after quick decision get downhill like dallas said the other day loads of little advantages uh, and they just over and over and over again and even last night against utah you know I thought this matchup's terrible. Like in midway into the second quarter, it was like, "What? What are we doing? How are we gonna? You know, this is just." Well, they had that. The it was like a, matchup. Yeah, it was like an eight, uh, eight or so minute stretch where I think they scored like seven points, or maybe it was yeah. like seven, eight, eight points in seven minutes, something where, and ah, you could, but okay. you could tell that it seemed like they were getting to that place where I think I mentioned this like when I did the post game that they were just looking to figure out how to get the ball to Randall so he could initiate the offense. And Utah yeah. was trying to take that initial entry away. Yeah. And yeah. so then there's, there was this, there was this dominant. So, yeah, I mean, it's look, like you said, it's, there's still things to quibble about, but um, when he gets the ball, it's like the, I, I think there's a, there's a patience about him now. Um, and when he does decide to call his own number, you're less mad about it now because there's a, it feels like there is more of a a process at play where it's like, okay, I have to remind these guys that uh, meaning the, um, the opposing team that I can still do some shit if and when I need need to. It's usually at the end of a possession or like, so Kenny Payne, I thought it was really interesting yesterday. So he he was on the halftime uh, halftime, uh, post halftime interview with yeah. Re- Rebecca Harlow, and he, and he just said it was like he was so matter of fact about it in, in the way it, you know what's wrong. Well, it's pretty obvious. You know, <laughs> our offense all season has been you know you make multiple passes, you get multiple lane touches, mm-hmm. you spread out, and you do that again, and you get flow, and you go multiple passes, multiple lane touches, and you go and you go and you go and you just wear them down, and the shot or 
the, I suppose, the advantage gets progressively bigger. And he said, in the first half, we were just doing one pass shot or no pass shot. And you can see it in the second half. They just absolutely bullied the paint. They were just yeah. like, relentless. Which and, is what uh, they're built to do, essentially, yeah, you know, with their personnel. Yeah. And, and, and that's, it's, it's usually different. I can't remember. So, you know, with, this year we're fourths uh, in the league in drives per game. We're uh, third in passes off those drives. So, you know, and we're, what was the fifth in off- offensive miles traveled. Last year we were 23rd. We're 18th that, that stat you just said, I love that. I saw that the other day too, and I think I Crazy. wrote it somewhere. The the miles traveled thing. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's like we're moving, we're moving quick, and we're moving often. And it's not complicated, but it works. Well, but they're not even trying to make any they're not trying to hide what they what they're trying to do. Tibbs has said it. Kenny Payne even said it during the halftime. Yeah. He's like, we're trying to get multiple people to come to the ball, which like yeah. once you, once you get Julius with the ball, eventually you're going to get doubled. Um, and I think Utah was it, it was funny because at first Gobert was kind of bugging him out. I think Gobert like mind you know, fucked with him a little bit at yeah. first because he's giving him room and, and, and Randall like took a few threes and that didn't go so well. Um, but then like he just, I don't, he, he was better in the second half. He was well, quicker with his decisions. Yeah. Way too much respect. And I think, you know, so we, this is a part of the Randall thing and it's also part of the Peyton thing, you know, as well, because we really, or I, I can't speak for everyone. I fetishize shooting massively. Like it's, do. It's, it cures all ills. It's so obvious with this team. It's like, you know, we've had so many years of it where we've been awful. It's just like, okay, I don't care all the peripheral considerations. If we can't shoot, then that's the thing I'm going to focus on. But really, Tibbs is a guy that, that sort of, he's going to maximize what he has. And as soon as this was the roster, yep. he, this is, you know, this is, a, this is the way he has to play. And we are a bruising team. Like Mitchell Robinson yesterday, I mean, you tweeted earlier that we were going to talk about Mitch at some point. Oh, yeah. He looked so confident physically. Like, he was just dominating space everywhere. And, you know, with him and Randall, I don't know if there are many front courts in the NBA who are going to come away from that feeling good, like not hurting and bruised and just not wanting to see the Knicks for as long as possible. Because those two guys are beasts. Like, they're absolute monsters. And and you didn't mention the other guy who has obviously been he's had an up and down year. Um, but R.J. Barrett really, arguably, given the position he well, I guess there's some question even what position is he going to be moving he's forward? A wing. Because he's a wing. He I, he's a wing, but at the same time, who you put next to him on the wing and the size of that guy dictates the size of the guy that the opposing team is going to put on him. And really, that's the guy that for him to maximize what I what I think his career could be, he's the one that has to leave black and blues on uh, yeah. guys who are trying to guard him. I think he is. I think the problem, the problem with RJ, and you can see it a little bit yesterday, you know, obviously he's very up and down. He's, that's fine. He's young. He's 20. You know, <laughs> and he's in a, you know, let's be honest, it's a terrible situation. He needs shooting. Like yeah. I said one minute ago that I fetishized you shooting, that I'm going to go on the shooting rant again. Please. But you can you can see it, you can see it with RJ when he drives, it, especially when he's playing badly. He he pushes it like he kind of forces his shot. He hunts his shot, 
And against some teams, that's fine. Against against Utah yesterday, it was not going to work because well, it was like a force field around the rim when he was. He, just, yeah. he needed to channel a little bit of a new Julius Randle and kick it. Like there was a few times when Knox was wide open in that yeah. third quarter, and I thought it was good that RJ sat the fourth because you know he was tired. It wasn't going well, and. Obviously, Austin Rivers was quite good. That was, that was quite uh, well, a good decision. We could get to him as well. But, but the thing we should know, because I have said some unkind things about R.J. Barrett in the past on, the, uh, on this podcast, um, <laughs> it, I don't think it's tunnel vision. I think it's a, it's a matter of what you're talking about, which is that he feels like he needs to be in such a rush to get to the rim yeah. because that's the only way that there's a chance that he's going to have a sliver of space, which if you, there was more shooting um, – on the floor, he would not need to be in such a rush because we've, we we know RJ has vision, and I think we also know that RJ is not a selfish player. Um, oh no, he can make the right read, and I'm, I'm, it's like a very minor quibble. I I love RJ. I think he's going to have games like this. It's just it's a it's a fine needle to thread. Yeah, with Randall, with Mitch, with Peyton, um, you know, and Peyton, you know, it's it's difficult. <laughs> but, but, but he played he played really well. 100%. Since the first two games, he's uh, with the exception of the 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 quickly game against um God who who do we beat two games ago now I'm I'm they're all Indiana. there's so much good stuff happening it's like um it's crazy we, we, the the quickly when quickly came in and had uh, a great fourth quarter and, and finished the game that was Atlanta yes that, yeah. sorry see there's so many good wins I can't even keep track of them <laughs> the, <laughs> other than other than the uh, Peyton's beginning to the Atlanta game since the first two games of the season he's been he's been quite good at what he does but what he's good at does not necessarily equate good things for for RJ Barrett so I yeah and that's the thing like maybe it's good for the Knicks but I don't think it's a coincidence that when Alfred Payton is playing really well and getting into the paint and, you know, putting pressure on the rim, RJ is somewhat struggling. Yeah. Um, and I would like us, like, I think the Jazz are a really good proxy for us, actually. There's, because they've got, you know, this big rim running center who can't shoot. Yeah. They've got kind of a dynamic, obviously very dynamic wing in Mitchell, that's, who's much better than RJ. But, you know, there's a facsimile little proxy there. Um, yeah, yeah. They play this like movement style. They're like second in drives per game. They try and put you in the blender. Um, but uh, they so what they do? They take Conley out at the seven minute mark and bring in Joe Ingles. And I was just as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, we should do that with quickly. Just <laughs> get a quick, quick pull on Peyton. He's still starting. He gets a good five minute run, and then you get a little bit with Randall, RJ, Mitch, and quickly. Um, and it just loosens things up because Alfred can run the second unit. I don't, you know, I think I'm resigned to him playing, but just give well, me a little and, bit and look, quickly in RJ. He should play. And let's, I, I like how we haven't even really talked about your article yet, which I, I am going to get to because I think there was a, there was a larger, the next one, who cares? There, there was a, no, but there's a larger philosophical point that you brought. It's rarely that I read anything about the NBA, at least that really makes me think. And this made me think a lot, probably more than it should have. Um, but oh, it, it's, it's an interesting situation because, okay. Peyton starts, Peyton's going to get, I think we we're acknowledging the Peyton's going to start. It's going to happen. Top, it's for this um, time. For now, okay. For okay. So you say, all right, fine. Either give him the quick hook or give RJ the quick hook. Just set it up such that RJ yeah. has minutes with with quickly and Rivers and or or Birch. You know, 
multiple other shooters. Okay, yeah. fine. We're doing that. But then you get to the next stage of this, which is that, well, if it's RJ and quickly and, and whatever, and no Randall, I feel like those teams, there is just a little bit too little um, of uh, gravity. Like somebody like they, it's yeah, they need to soak up. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they need Randall on the, I, it, that's why it's great. Like he's, well, he's averaging think, whatever he's averaging, but it, they need him on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I, I think RJ can handle some of that. I think, Pairing him with a guy, you know, like Burks. Or I wonder Rivers, if that'll help. Like, because, I mean, let's be honest. Our offense hasn't, you know, we haven't been healthy. Yeah. One, there's, there's, there's the main thing that's getting a lot of play with the Knicks at the moment in, in, with this good start is, you know, the defense is unsustainable. The shot profile is unsustainable. We're getting lucky. That's where it's going to change. That's where we're going to come back down to earth. And <laughs> I think that's getting the headlines. But, like, we haven't been healthy. And we haven't been healthy in a way that's extremely important. Like not having quickly Burks and Rivers healthy at the same time is huge. And listen, Obi Toppin. I listen. Yeah, I know he, he wasn't any great shakes in in the preseason, but the the guy is probably going to help them when he's here. He's, he's probably quite good, and he can shoot. You know, he's a different animal to to Randall. You know, he's a different look. Noel not being healthy. Like we have been decimated, to be honest. You and didn't then, say. Did you say Frank? I. And Frank as well, of course. Yeah, you know, sure. yeah. I still love, I still love Frank. Obviously, obviously. Listen, um, we're always going to like Frank. It's a matter of like, I, but you, you do have to wonder: would, would he be getting? I think he'd make a massive difference. Like, I mean, not so much on the offensive end, but okay. Well, so, what was I? And then, yeah, so we got health. Massive, massive caveat on health, and the schedule we've had has been ridiculous. Did you as see well. Zach, Zach Cram of the Ringer tweeted that out today that they had the, they've had the hardest schedule in the league so far. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, hardest schedule are, in basketball. What are we even doing? We've been, we've had like half a roster. We've had the hardest schedule in basketball, and we're, you know, and, and I five and three. It's crazy. You know, and it's to me the three point shooting. It's interesting because if you're watching the games, and obviously I know you've watched all the games just like I have. It early on, it felt like they were getting a little lucky, but like last night. Utah started seven for 14 from deep mm-hmm. and by any measure, the Knicks should have been shot out of that game and they battled and, and clawed and scrapped and all the, all the words just enough to stay in it. They got right on the verge. They were yeah. never down by 20. They were down 18 a couple times and never got down by 20 scrapped and clawed the whole thing. Miller run at the end of the first half. And then in the second half, did Utah start missing some more shots? Yeah, but, like, it's not reasonable to expect a team to just continue hitting threes at a certain rate. And by the end of the night, Utah was what? They were 31% from, from deep, 30, 31 and change. They're usually 36 and change. Okay, great. Is So that's, what is it? That's two shots. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two threes. Yeah, I mean. Would they have made a difference at the right time? I guess probably maybe. But at the same time, like you look at, again, there's all these other factors that you're bringing up. So I, I agree with you. I don't. Uh, yeah, luck has a little bit to do with it, but I think maybe a bit much is being made of that. Um, yeah, they still have to figure out how to take away the rim, but that's a story for another well, day. Well, it's an interesting topic we can get. I mean, there's many interesting topics. There's, there's so many. That's the thing. It's so nice to actually talk about a good basketball team. So, <laughs> I was get into. so you're the the we're, we keep talking about this piece that you wrote. Um, it's called Julius Randall's metamorphosis is a lesson for all of us and <laughs> how little we know. And I really love it because here, here's why it got me. It got me thinking. I think. I, to me, it feels like more than any other sport. But then again, I don't pay that close of attention to other sports. And maybe we do this in all sports. I shouldn't generalize. Whatever. In the NBA, when we talk about the NBA every season. Every, we know what's going to happen, right? We always know. We always know exactly what we, we know who's going to be the best players. We know who's going to be like the second tier players. We know. And then just literally year after year after year, <laughs> shit happens. And it's just yeah. like, oh, who knew that Jimmy, the guy, Jimmy Butler, who t- Tibbs seemed to have a fetish for for playing 48 minutes a game, was going to turn into an all NBA level player? Like, like I remember that. Like, that's just the first thing that came to my head. But this happens every year. Yeah. And, you, you know, you, you, your whole point is that we really don't, we don't know any, not that we don't know anything, but like, we don't know nearly as much as we think we do. We're very, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yet, and yet we continue to tell ourselves that we know everything. Well, yeah. And then you have a very, we have a very quick memory when we are, you know, emphatically proven wrong. Uh, and it's interesting to look at why, like, you know, I, I was pretty wrong about Randall. I wanted to trade him. A lot of people wanted to cut him and, you know, but it's just interesting. Why? So what did we miss? What were the reasons for this? Uh, and I think there is a bit of a clue, like I said in the piece, Mike Miller had Randall playing well. Yeah. Like he was getting... Not this well, but, but well. Yeah, of course. Like it was a different offensive system. You know, it didn't have all the, the crazy relentless turbo movement and drives, like death by a thousand drives. But, you know... He was productive. He was good. He was efficient. Um, so, yeah, it's just a sort of a little uh, slap around on the wrist for, uh, for myself, just saying. But, and I'm, what, trying to, I'm trying to use it with Peyton as well, because now I'm like, Peyton sucks. I hate but, Peyton. Uh, but but, I, but here's the thing with Peyton. The other side. With Randall, it, we should all feel dumber <laughs> because – there's not, it's not like he, he's not coming out and shooting, you know, 40% from three, which is something that would have been, you yeah. know, crazy. Unsustainable. Yeah. I mean, I think he's actually down probably to about, he has, I, after one, last night, it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, but everything he's doing is there, it's always, he's, he's done all of these things in segments. And if yeah. you're like, okay, well, 
Is it is it a and I really don't like this term, but like a basketball IQ issue. And no, that's not it either, because I never looked at Randall as a guy who had a low basketball IQ no. or like had a had a maybe what's a better term, a bad feel for the game or something. It's just a guy who didn't choose to use the feel for the game that he had yeah. At, yeah. at all times. And it's just about willingness. And so if you we should have been able to I'm, I'm factoring in me as well as everybody else, we should have been able to look and be like, wow, they got a guy like Tibbs. And they brought yeah. his college coach in here, Kenny Payne, and they brought Johnny Bryan in here, who were Dame Lillard and who are, and you know Donovan Mitchell swear by. It's like, hmm, I wonder if any of these people could get yeah. through to this guy. <laughs> and, it's, yeah. and they did. Yeah, and it, it worked. Um, you know, and it can't be underestimated the impact that the year that we're talking about that set us up for all these opinions that obviously had a massive impact on the year that he's having now. Like, if you oh do God. terribly at something for a year, you're gonna take a step back and be like, all right, you know, maybe I should try something slightly different or, uh, you know, and it's going to give you a little bit of a head start when you look to, when someone asks you to buy into a new system. Um, and then because it's got off to such a good start, it's a positive feedback loop immediately. And, you know, he's doing it again, but um, yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm very much enjoying the new yeah. and improved Julius Randall. Um so I don't so, actually think it's particularly unsustainable. Apart from his mid-range shooting, he's shooting like 56% from uh, long mid-range, which is... You know what, though? Gonna last, but Those are, I mean... Dirk Randall, let's go. It, <laughs> but they're open shot. It's See, again, I that to me isn't that nuts. Like, the, if three-point shooting was above 40% or even like above Lee average, I would say that's crazy. The mid-range shooting, I mean, yeah, it'll fall a little bit, but... Um, when is, he's got that shot, he's, he's, he can take that shot and it's useful. Yeah. Especially he's like that on the left block when he drives right and he's got a bit of contact. He's got fouled like three or four times on that yeah. this year. Uh, um, yeah. Class. When he has a, when he has a, a, a visual line to yeah. the basket and he, he could hold it for a minute. Um, Peyton's different though, because Peyton getting back to, to the shooting thing, Peyton's yeah. never going to be a shooter that you have to respect. And he's not like, just look at his shot. His shots is going to be what it is. So he even when he is having literally the best games that he's ever going to have, which I think he had one of them a couple nights ago, yeah. like it, the issues are still there. Um, so I think that's different. The interesting, the thing I wanted to ask you and you touched on it briefly in the piece is, you know, when you bring up these other guys, um, the Kevin Knox, you named, you named Dennis Jr. I think you maybe yeah. you named Frank. Frank. Like if you had to bet, you know, uh, 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 a night's uh, a night's dinner and drinking on um, which one of these guys would um, would be the most likely to be the next one to make us feel like oh we were we're all assholes because we didn't see this. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it, I put my money on Frank. Really? Okay, interesting. Um, because um, I don't think it's going to be in New York, but I would put my money on Frank. I think. So we get drowned as like as fans in topics that we end up then overvaluing. So for Randall, it was turnovers. He became his turnovers. For Elvis is shooting. He has become his inability to shoot. And for Frank, it's just weird. Like, is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? Which he's not. He's just a young, good player who's yeah. bad at some things and good at other things. Yeah. But as like RJ now, he has not been in a situation where, uh, you know, it's optimal for him. 
it's not to say that he's going to be an all-star or anything, but I think if you put him on a team with a clear-cut and well-rounded like uh, offensive fulcrum, and who, I don't ask him to like, I don't know, don't ask him to run fifty pick and rolls a game and expect him to generate offense out of thin air. He'll be really good. Uh, I think he's a good kid. He works hard. He's. Uh, I think he's going to have a role. Like I think, I think it's Zach Lowe that says, you know. His, his like ultimate like back of a napkin test for players is can he play in a playoff yeah. series you know is he going to be in that rotation and I can't see why Frank you know wouldn't be he's a good defender I think he's an v- improving shooter he's got he, he, the only thing he can't do is just create off the dribble but there's loads of players that can't do that um, and and that's the most I, 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 let me catch myself I was going to say that's the most um, uh, premium skill yeah. in the NBA, but at the same time, you could also then make the argument that it's the most overvalued skill in the sense that it, if a guy, if a guy's a wing player and doesn't have that ability, yeah. it's like you toss them aside, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, unless they're obviously a dead eye shooter, which Frank has not yet proven to be, but like the first thing you say, he's a basketball from player. Free, John, 100% from I know. Uh, I, listen, he's 56 now or something. I think, I think he's coming, you know, um, I'm with you. I, it's so funny how the NBA works because you got a guy like Julius Randle who's playing at literally almost an all NBA level, and a guy like Frank Nilakina who may not be able to get in this rotation. And if you asked, like, and if you really looked at it, and you're like, okay, which of these two players would have a better shot at getting on the floor um, in the last five minutes of a finals game? Ooh, juicy. <laughs> this is the juicy. There's, but there's actually, because, like, look, there's an argument. Randall is pl- is at an NBA level right now because he has the ball in his hands, and that is how he derives his value. Yeah. Um. Because of we don't need to get into when you're a big man and you can't protect the rim, like, and you can't shoot, then like when a push comes to shove in like Game Seven of a of a high level playoff series, are yeah. you going to get played off the court? Whereas Frank, it's like if he can knock down the three when he's open, um, we know Stand he can. Yeah. You know. I, and he I can think hound that, someone on defense. I mean, yeah. I think it's like Dallas was saying the other day um, on your on this podcast. You know, he was saying that Frank as a point of attack defender. That's the, the easiest route to defensive improvement for yeah. this Knicks roster is to find him minutes and incorporate him into the equation with Mitch. Um, you know, so with and, and with Randall, like you were saying, I thought it was interesting last night when it was coming down into the guts of the game. And uh, Mitchell, so Donovan Mitchell, was starting to do things and he was just getting wherever he wants. And he's like quite a clear cut, that guy, end of the game, fourth quarter, he's going to get to his spot and do what he wants. And it was going to be interesting to see Randall try and do that in response because it's not easy for him to, you know, just trot yeah. up and get, get in his office and go to work. <laughs> and then Austin Rivers just bailed him out and was ridiculous. But yeah, that was going to be. I thought that was going to be quite tough coming down the stretch, generating offense through Randall when Utah is locked in and it's like high pressure. Um, well, it, it didn't matter in the end. But I think but, we'll come to a, to a time or a couple of games when Randall tries to do that. That's going to be really interesting. It, it is, and uh, we we just got confirmed. Not not that it needed confirmation because uh, Ian Bigley reported earlier today. Um, but the the Knicks have 
as as per Taj Gibson's agent, Mark Bartlestein uh, waived Omari Spellman and yeah. signed Taj Gibson. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure Taj's agent didn't uh, tell Woj that they waived Omari Spellman. I'm pretty sure <laughs> got that from elsewhere. Um, but in any case, um, welcome back, Taj. I don't, I don't Taj. Know. Yeah, I don't mind Taj. People are people are kicking off. I don't. Oh come on! It's like, dude, that, <laughs> that guy. He's good. Uh, gosh, watching him in the lot. Just I would occasionally the the handful of times I got in the locker room last year, I'd keep an eye on him, just kind of go about his business and watch all the other chicanery going on <laughs> around. And it's just it's like, immune. well, no, I I felt I really felt bad for him because you could tell this guy just had had been in yeah you know, the very different locker rooms throughout his career. And now he's coming back to a locker room that I think will be closer to the ones he had, he had been on previously. So good for touch. Um, yeah. What what I was going to say is I think this is one of those interesting situations. I mean, this is a good, good place for us to finish up it where the take, if you take Alfred Payton out of the equation, right? Let's just okay. for, for shits and giggles, right? And you just remove. Let's just also let's assume a few a few more people are healthy, right? Let's yeah. assume let's assume Frank's healthy. Let's assume Obi Toppin gets healthy. Let's assume Alec Burks is healthy. Um, and you just took Peyton out. I think there's a pretty decent argument. No, I think there is a pretty decent argument that the team gets worse in the interim. They they will they they would struggle initially to maybe find their footing at at times because. If you're going on the assumption that Dennis Machunier, despite your article, p- professing that maybe we should give everybody a chance, I, I said that was extremes. That the, was that uh, is okay. So <laughs> yeah, given yeah, that, right. that that is the, given that the Dennis Machunier ship may may have sailed, yes, yes, just gone. just maybe, um, then you're left in a situation where it's like, okay, yes, Julius Randall is your de facto point guard. But now in terms of like who is your nominal point guard, it's like, okay, you got your Austin Rivers, you got your Quickleys, you got your Franks, you got your you got your RJ Barrett's, you got um you got your Alec Burks, right? You get you got all these guys, but I, I wonder if they're you know, 48 minutes of basketball is a long time. Um, you know, unless if you don't go to overtime. And I just I wonder if there wouldn't be moments where it's like, man, the Knicks could really use a traditional point guard right now. But but and I want to hear your take on that because I have a feeling you may disagree. But it's the second point I just want to make quickly is that I do think that that would be best for the long run. I, I agree that it would be best for the long run. And I believe but do not know that it would be better now as well. I think the combination of Frank Burks and quickly rivers are two extremely <laughs> complimentary twosomes if you're looking for skill sets that can you're right. uh, benefit both ends of the floor. And I think, you know, so the, so the best version or the pluses that Peyton brings you are dwarfed by the two-way pluses that those two combinations bring. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I don't know. I can't prove it. I don't think we're going to find out. I think Tibbs uh, is going to play Elf and Elf's playing well, and that's fine. But I think it's a shame. Okay, so here's how I'll frame it. I'm not angry, like, watching Elf anymore. I'm kind of over it. Once he was signed, I, I hated the signing. And you can argue about the signing all you want. But once he's here, 
there's no reason to continue hating the signing every time you see him on TV. Mm. It's like Tibbs. He's, he's making the best of what he's got. So, you know, we've got to try and do that as well and see what would work. I would like for those two twosomes, Burks, Frank and Quivers, to, uh, <laughs> to, to, get, to get a go. Just, you know, get a go where they don't feel like if they miss a shot, they're out. That's that's what I'd like, um, and I'd like to see how it turns out. But well, I maybe don't think we'll, maybe we'll get it at some point this season. This season's going to be crazy. There's going to be players out all year, um, so. Well, Tips yeah. can only play um, Alfred Payton if he's here, and whereas I th- we're not. Well, listen, I'm just throwing it out there. We're I I whereas I have a very funny feeling. And we're again. I, I keep every episode the the Randall trade conversation. We I, I, it comes up inevitably, um, and I'm refusing to really get deep into the weeds yet. Because and and here's partially why. I think we're. I think I I think they are going to have an asking price that is so astronomically high for him. I don't think he's. I don't think they're going to move him. Yeah. Um, before the deadline, summer. I can't see him being moved. Well, because I think they're going to ask for like, oh, you want the uh, the guy who's like a shoe in for an all star team? Okay, good. Let's see what pick you're giving me and what young player you're giving me. Yeah. You know, and maybe if I like both of those things enough, maybe I'll consider it. But, you know, um, and then Tibbs is going to be like over my dead body. And I think you'd say, th- say the same thing for Alec Burks, given what he's likely to actually realistically fetch. Peyton, yeah. I think, is a different story. Who because wants I want. Peyton? Who's signing him? I, well, I just. The magic now that folks is. I up. was just about to say, man, like, listen, yeah. they're six and two. It's they know him. He seems like a good, he, by all accounts, he's a good locker room guy. The whole thing. And here's the thing about the Magic: they actually have some shooting. Yeah. So he would, to me, it's slide in. It's like if you just for argument's sake, if you put him into that starting lineup with Vooch, I mean, Aaron Gordon's never going to be a shooter, obviously. But um, you know, they have Terrence Ross, who's been f- shooting flames out of his ass all year. Yeah, um, Cole Anthony. Yeah, uh, Fournier, you know, obviously keep defense. Like, uh, that's the only thing I'm saying is that I could at least see a world where they, if someone was willing to offer a real something, not like a, I don't think that's the thing. Are they, so someone calls up and like, oh, yeah, we'll give you our, our, this second round pick that's likely to land in the 40s yeah. this year. Are they doing that move? Probably not. Yeah. You know, not by itself, maybe as a it's- part of a something else, but. The deadline is going to be fascinating for a lot. Oh, of it is. I mean, I just have no idea where Leon Rose and Co are going to see themselves. Whether they're going to be buyers, sellers, I don't know. I mean, well, if they, I mean, I we think could we see- might be buyers, to be honest. You know, it's fine. I was thinking the last forty-eight hours about like, I wonder who's going to be the first person who's going to write the. If the Knicks are buyers at the deadline, I don't think we should do that just to make it clear. Who should they buy? And I'm like, oh shit, it's going to be you, you asshole. (laughs) Meaning me. Um, No, but it, it, we're we're now at the point because it's such a content, it's the friggin' trade deadline is um, March. It's early March. Yeah, we only got, I don't think the schedule's only out till the 3rd of March, isn't it? Well, the schedule's only out, but they actually have said the trade deadline, which um, I thought it was the is, 26th off the top of my head, but I don't know. Oh, I, I've, I wrote this. Um, I forget when the date is, but they will have played 40 games yeah. at the, by the trade deadline. So now we're sitting here and they've played eight games. We are a we are a fifth of the way there. 
but mm. to the trade deadline. Now that's a long, long way to go. But like, so they're five and three. Yeah. Let you know if if we're five hundred. If, if then... I was about to say if we're if what we're seeing is real, and they and if they get to the forty game mark, let's say they are. What if they're 18 and 22? For them to be 18 and 22 at the 40 game mark, that means, let's do some quick math in our heads. Um, that means they would need to go 13 and 19. Did I do that right? I'm going to leave that to you, mate. The maths is not. Uh... <laughs> I think, yeah, 13 and they would have to go 13 and 19. Okay. So Very 13 reasonable. and 13 and 19, or let's just say, let's even say to make it nice round numbers, let's even say 12 and 20. Right. So you're talking um, three, uh, two out of every two out of every five games, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Uh, (laughs) Let's go with that. Or or where about whatever. 12 and 12 and 20. I could see this team going 12 and 20 over the next 32 games. Can't you? Yeah. 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 So um, yeah. And if they go 12 and 20 over the next 32 games, guess what? They're going to be right in the thick of that playing tournament. So, I think, yeah, there are, there's going to be discussions had about, uh, you know, there's a few guys like Terry Rozier, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Victor Oladipo. I think those are the guys. And there's already been a bit of smoke on a few of them. There will be the chance to pull the trigger on at least one of those people. And it will be very interesting to see how hungry and, and or patient Leon Roses, um, when it comes to that, but we let's see. We already go off the rails and start thinking about the future and crazy stuff. When I'm just listen, you know, this, is, this is what happens with the, when this, you talk about the Knicks. It all comes back to what we what got started with this discussion, which is what are the changes that are gonna that are gonna happen? Because I I don't I don't think they're gonna finish the year with this roster, and nobody I don't think anybody thinks that. I just think it's hard to trade. Randall, like the vibes, like the vibes. I don't think they're going to trade. I don't. I don't think they're going to trade Randall. So yeah, like, but if you're not, yeah. So okay, the the, the roster's not going to be the same, but it's going to be bit part pieces, you know. Um, but but uh, Peyton is a that's a bit part move. Yeah, I fully endorsed uh, all trade discussions involving Alfred Payton, <laughs> <laughs> and I wish him the best. Well, well he's here, I'm going to try and enjoy him and uh, rationalize why Tibbs plays him. The, because there's definitely they're, a reason. They're five and three. Like, yeah. that's the it's thing. When you're well. five and three, when you had a 22 and a half uh, Vegas over under, we really can't say shit. How has Randall, uh, this is what I don't get about his seven assists a game. There's like one person he can pass to on the perimeter. So on all these drives. <laughs> He's kicking out. So he's only got and that, Wait, and, he, and that person yeah. hasn't even been hitting shots. I'm like, what? Where, where are these just coming from? This, it's insane. It's gener- I will say this. I have watched a lot of his assists. The, the scorers in these games, um, I don't think it's just the Knicks. I think scorers league-wide are oh, right. generous. generous when they yeah. – there was a – oh, I don't even think – it wasn't Randall. It was somebody else. Um, maybe an RJ. Passed to Nerlens Noel at the top, like above the three point arc, and Nerlens Noel put a move on his guy and rolled all the way down the lane for a dunk, <laughs> and they gave it quite right. You know, RJ, I'm like, I could have thrown that ball. <laughs> we'll take uh, it. 
Yeah, no, yeah, we will take it. Um, man, listen, there's so much more we. Can, uh, by the way, I did want to. I asked the question before because I wanted to give my own answer. I think it's gonna be Kevin Knox. The guest tried it. No, no, no. Who? Um, oh, this previous about who I think is going to be like. Why didn't we see this coming? Um, I hope you're right. He's taken big strides this year. Um, big strides for him are still baby steps, but yeah, he's better. Um, he's being asked to do less, but he's doing the things that he's being asked to do better. We'll take so, it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, between him and Mitch. Like Mitch, Mitch just looks so good every game. He looks better. Oh, that's better what we need better. to talk about. So we'll finish up with Mitch. Uh, just uh, that's, okay. So he, I think it's actually you can see it game to game, and he said on post game, you know, he spent a lot of time with Kenny Payne. And he's beginning to be able to use his body effectively. And he makes Rudy Gobert look small. Like he's, he's just an absolute freak. And, you know, our defense is, but he's our defensive engine. Tibbs called Randall our offensive engine the other day. And Mitch yeah. is our defensive engine. As soon as he came out of the game against Utah, there's just like, at the rim, lay up, lay up, lay up. Dunk, That's why he played, played a career high in minutes because Tibbs knew he couldn't take him off the floor. It was, and he's saying on the floor, like, you know, oh, glorious. I don't know what more you can ask from him, honestly. I, I uh, So far this season. You can't ask any more from him. And uh, again, oh God, I always do this. Getting ahead of ourselves, like, what does that mean for the summer? Contract discussion. Well, you thing. have to think about it, yeah. We'll, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Right now, I think if you're... If you're a Knicks fan, which you are, if you're listening to this podcast, um, why would you? Why would anyone listen to this podcast if they were not a Knicks fan? I just, I just thought <laughs> of that. Um, anyway, right. like you, you just got to be. I'm just. I wanted to compare. So Gobert last night, 14 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks. So very good stat line. Seven for nine from the field, 35 minutes. Um, was a minus 18. Donovan Mitchell was a minus 20 last night. How about that? Um, Mitchell Robinson. Nine points, so less than Gobert's 14. 13 rebounds, um, only three blocks, but three steals, yeah. and um, played 41 minutes. Uh, yeah. It's just... It's the moments know. in between the box score moments that are vastly improved. You know? Oh, I'm... Um, like yeah. All the little minutiae and stuff that Dallas uh, thrives on, uh, that stuff is off the charts. Well, because and that's what wins games. And and I guarantee that as soon as he gets off the court, you know, he's looking at the film later and it's it's like clicking in his head. You yeah. can see it game to game. And he's, as well as Tibbs singing his praises, that's got to help. You know, the confidence and the, it's, he's such a good motivator, the whole team. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be on the, the media Zoom again uh, on Friday for, before Friday's game. And I, I really do want to ask Tibbs about... Uh, what he thinks of Mitch Robinson's pick and roll coverage, because I just, it's not perfect every time, but certainly not perfect, but mm. it's just, it's really you, like everything you're saying, you could tell the, the, the progress is being made. And um, you know, this is, this is a starting center on a, I think this is a starting center on a good team. That's, yeah. you know, um, which is, is good. That's what you want. Um yeah, it is good. By the way, I was wrong. 12, 12 out of 32 is not two out of every five games. It is three out of every eight games. So Changes math, everything. Changes everything, John. My uh, ma- I'm not with you anymore. 
God, I'm, I can't believe that. They only have to win if they win three out of every eight games for the and do that four times. They're going to be 17 and 23 at the trade deadline. And we haven't played any bad teams yet. Not that when you look through the schedule, there aren't it's, many bad teams. But <laughs> I, I was looking at it the other day. There's not a lot of let up. It's like, yeah. You know, every game is tough. But, you know, we haven't played... I think we haven't played teams that are a good matchup for us. Like, well, I was the, looking at the... So, we're getting to the rim at a crazy rate on offense. And we're, yeah. what, 28th in accuracy when we get there, which is like 57% or something. I'm going to look this played, up as you're, as you're talking to get the updated so numbers. We have played teams that are at defending the rim. I think we've played them... Philly is first, uh, Cleveland second, Indy's like seventh. Uh, Toronto and Milwaukee are no slouches. We've played like really, really elite rim defensive teams when we are a team that live at the rim. Here, can I give you the, the here are the top teams in the league at defending the rim in terms of accuracy, not preventing shots at the rim, defending. Yeah, the rim. once you get there, Philly one, Cleveland two, Atlanta three, Indiana seven. So that's five of our games right there. Um, Utah 12. And then Toronto fourteen. So literally, did I miss it? Is did we and Milwaukee is Milwaukee's good. I mean, Milwaukee is is twenty second, but they also I I mean traditionally they allow less shots at the rim than um than anywhere. Yeah. And then yeah, in terms of how often we're shooting at the rim, we we're are free. Free we're down to three. Yeah, we I think yeah. we were second for a bit there. Um and yeah, our accuracy was thirtieth. Is it still thirtieth? Twenty eighth, something like that. Twenty eighth. We're up to 20th. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, Charlotte. <laughs> that's still a great shot. That's a great shot. No, it's a, it's a fantastic shot. It's a great shot. percent. Especially, it's a fantastic shot. Especially when hand in hand with this is the other thing that we're really good at, which is offensive rebounding. And again, yeah. I, I'll I'll check that now. I we I think we're still fourth or fifth or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. So look, there's a. And this is, which we, we got to end at some point. This is what Fisdale tried to do last year, except he did it with a with a mallet as opposed to tried to do it with a mallet as opposed to Tibbs is introducing more of a fine tooth comb. His Fisdale's offense last year was exactly what Kenny Payne described as being the reason that the offense wasn't working <laughs> in the first half last night. It was yeah. one pass shot, or it was just shot. And it was Bobby Poyas, Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, post-ups and isolations, static, and, you know, it's too easy to defend. Well, my, my own little fetish um, for whatever reason. See, see, for you, it's shooting. For me, it's passing. Um, and oh, yeah. I'm always – and it's not – listen, again, assists are not a bullshit stat, but they're, it's it's not perfect. Um, <laughs> but I, I always pay attention to that assist percentage. Um, and I, it's, it would mean so much to me if they stayed in the top half of the league and they're, they're down to 19th. Um, right. Which I – But I that's because no one can score. <laughs> well like- – if we get Burks yeah. quickly and Rivers healthy all at the same time, that will make a massive difference. And yet, and yet, they're 16th in effective field goal percentage. If you would have told me before the season that the Knicks, the Knicks, yeah. would be 15th in effective field goal percentage, and and they're missing everything at the rim, it's like, 
Yeah. You can't, you can't see it's all good things. Okay. We're going to go. Um, I, I, I yeah. my wife is probably ready to kill me at this point. Um, <laughs> this luck. is, this was so much fun. Uh, I really do. I could talk to you for, 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 I said the same thing to Dallas. I could talk to him for hours. I could talk to you for hours. Oh man. Um, one day, one day we'll do it in person. Yes. Over, um, Cup, cup of tea oh. or, or perhaps something else. A Guinness. A Guinness. A Guinness. <laughs> I'm out of it. I actually finished my last. I So they ha, I don't know what they have by you here. The can, the, uh, the draft in a can. Yeah. It's uh, they come in uh, packs of four. Yeah. Same. And I always feel like because I go shopping like Saturday and Sunday mornings. So I always feel a little, a little funny about being the degenerate who is like. <laughs> You know, here's here's like the grandma getting her like carrots, and then behind me is like the mom getting like the baby food, and like here's me at eight thirty on a Sunday morning. Here, Fucking can up. you can you ring up these six four packs of Guinness? So <laughs> I I only I usually only get like one at a time, and it's only four cans. Yeah, you know, so that's unfortunate. So I'm out of Guinness right now as we speak. Um, well, we'll have one in a pub. Like that's in uh that's how you should drink guinness in a pub so in the year 2030 when <laughs> humans can be uh in the vicinity of each other we'll yeah. have a guinness and uh we can celebrate one of kevin knox or frank nilakina being good i was about to say frank frank Nilke- or uh kevin knox's eighth consecutive all-star uh selection oh, um there you go can you please uh tell the folks at home where they could find you uh, yeah, so on Twitter, it's Nick's underscore nuance, and I'm just writing for the Strickland. Shout out the Strickland. All good stuff. So, yeah, I don't have anything in particular planned, but I'm sure I'll find something else to write about next week. You are, this was amazing. I, I, listen, you could tell what I'm really enjoying one of these things. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Um, you're a better writer than you are a podcast. You are just, I read your stuff, and it's, it's you're just, it's really good. So uh, I would, on. I would, I, no, it's, listen, I, I will, I will say it when, when it is true and it is true. Your stuff is excellent. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, I'm going to blame you if they lose uh, tomorrow or tonight on Friday, because um, you know, all, we've had a run of guests here that only good things happen after the podcast. So I hope, I hope, <laughs> I hope it will continue. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not going to lose. No, no we're not. We're never going to lose again. It's going to. No. What am I talking about? Seventeen and twenty-three. They're going to be uh, whatever. Uh, Thirty-seven and three. Um, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Um, we will be back with you with another episode um, on uh, coming at you on Monday with uh, with me and Jeremy after the uh, Denver game. So until then, everybody enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you soon.